From the great state of Ohio, Buckeye Firearms Association presents Keep and Bear Radio, fighting for Second Amendment rights, calling out media lies, and telling the gun grabbers to come and take it. Now, Keep and Bear Radio. In early August, Ohio Senator Terry Johnson introduced Senate Bill 215 to bring constitutional carry to Ohio. This bill would make concealed handgun licenses optional in the state and allow law-abiding Ohioans to more fully exercise their right to both keep and bear arms. A few days ago, the senator presented testimony on the bill, and we're going to listen to that testimony on this episode of Keep and Bear Radio. I'm Dean Reek, Executive Director of Buckeye Firearms Association, and in a moment, I'm going to share Senator Johnson's remarks on constitutional carry, and you'll have the chance to hear him answer questions from committee members on this bill, including an outrageous question about whether the senator consulted with law enforcement about constitutional carry as if gun owners need to ask for permission to exercise a constitutional right. I think the senator does a good job of outlining the bill and dealing with objections from those who are concerned that carrying without a license will somehow cause a rise in crime, which obviously it will not. And the senator clearly explains that while training is always a good idea, it should never be mandated for the Second Amendment. If there's any doubt about whether it's time to bring constitutional carry or license-optional carry to Ohio, consider this. 34 states allow open carry without a license, and 21 states allow concealed carry without a license, including our neighbors West Virginia and Kentucky. So if it works in all these other states... Why would it not work in Ohio? Constitutional carry will not allow criminals to carry guns. Those who are currently prohibited from buying, owning, possessing, and carrying guns will continue to be prohibited. Constitutional carry will not allow misuse of a firearm. Current laws prohibiting brandishing, discharging, threatening, etc. will continue to be in force. Constitutional carry will not change use of force laws. The standard for when use of lethal force is legal for defense of yourself or others is pretty much uniform throughout the United States, and that won't change. Constitutional carry will not increase firearm crime or accidents. There is no evidence from other states that removing mandated licensing increases either crime or accidents. Constitutional carry without legal training will not foster illegal behavior. Everyone already knows that it's illegal and wrong to shoot people unless your life is in danger. The primary reason for legal training is to help gun owners avoid committing innocent status crimes in states that have an abundance of unnecessary and illogical firearm restrictions. When you remove all or most of these restrictions, you also remove the status crimes and 
remove the primary reason for gun owners to take legal classes. So, yes, it's time for constitutional carry in Ohio. Now, let's listen to Senator Johnson presenting testimony to the Veterans and Public Safety Committee on Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. This audio clip is about 19 minutes. With the necessary votes, the amendment is adopted and will become the working document. I'd like to now call on Vice Chairman to provide sponsor testimony on amended sub-bill 215. Please begin whenever you're ready, sir. You could have done it up here if you'd like. Uh, Chairman Hoagland, uh, Ranking Member Thomas, and members of the Senate Veterans and Public Safety Committee, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to provide sponsor testimony today on Senate Bill 215. Uh, This bill is remarkably simple. Uh, It will establish permitless carry for qualifying adults in Ohio wherever concealed carry is is currently permitted. Such adults are defined in the bill as those who are at least 21 years old and not legally prohibited from possessing or receiving a firearm. Senate Bill 215 also creates, uh, as we discussed a moment ago, a process for pretrial civil immunity if a person is forced to use Uh, if a person uses force against another in self-defense, defense of another, or defense of that person's property. Uh, If the pretrial immunity hearing is ruled in favor of the defendant, that person claims immunity from liability for injury, death, or loss to another based on on self-defense or defense of another or defense of that person's property. Additionally, this legislation eliminates the requirements for a person carrying a concealed firearm to disclose that possession to a law enforcement officer in the case of a traffic stop. It also eliminates requirements for a concealed handgun licensee to carry their license while carrying a firearm. Uh, It would also, uh, I would also like to respectfully request, um, we already did this, uh, I, I apologize. As our Founding Fathers put forth in the Second Amendment of the Constitution of the United States, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. Uh, That's our Second Amendment in the Bill of Rights in the United States Constitution. Our own Ohio Constitution's Bill of Rights also puts forth uh, this sentiment in Section 4 of our Bill of Rights. Uh, The people have the right to bear arms for their defense and security, but standing armies in time of peace are dangerous to liberty and shall not be kept up. The military shall be in strict subordination to civil power. Um, And if I I could, I'd just like to to add a few things here. Um, This does not eliminate concealed carry. Uh, Concealed carry will stay exactly the same as it is in the state of Ohio. you know, and, and why do we want to do that? Well, for reciprocity in other states, uh, having a concealed carry permit allows a person to go from state to state. And uh, there are also people have job requirements and there are some background check items. So we don't really change uh, concealed carry. Um, wherever you're allowed right now to carry with a, uh, a concealed carry permit, if you're a law-abiding citizen, have no restrictions, Uh, on you, uh, you'll now be able to uh, carry the firearm. And it's very interesting. I've done an awful lot of Second Amendment work uh, in the time I've been in the the House and also over here in the Senate. Uh, Three things that that I'm particularly proud of are 
preemption, uh, which basically uh, we got passed, and it says, you know, uh, a local community can't preempt the Ohio or the U.S. Constitution. If they could do that, it wouldn't exactly be America anymore. Uh, the other thing was uh, uh, removal of the duty to retreat from self-defense law. And the, 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 the thing in addition to that uh, was, uh, oh, I'm forgetting it now. Um, I'll think of it in a moment. Uh, but, but those three things, uh, oh, burden, burden shift. Uh, before we passed burden shift, you were considered guilty before you were considered innocent. And that's the only state in Ohio in self-defense law, excuse me, it's the only state in America with self-defense law that did that. And so we accomplished those three things. And it's very important to note uh, that literally everything I've done with Second Amendment work since I've been a state representative has been opposed uh, by various groups, absolutely opposed. And if you talk to people that belong to those groups, they support the Second Amendment. And the groups that uh, you know, purport to uh, represent those people, the police officers uh, across our state, say, well, we're for the Second Amendment too. And this is something we hear more and more. I'm not against the Second Amendment, but. And, and the other thing you hear a lot of, well, that's not really a Second Amendment bill, when clearly something is a Second Amendment bill. But I was struck. Uh, back when we did restaurant carry, by a lot of the rhetoric that took place. There'd be blood in the streets. Things would be terrible. And, uh, of course, that didn't bear out. On the other hand, after we passed that, um, the Senate bill prevailed uh, by Senator Schaefer. And, of course, it's wonderful. Whoever gets it done is just getting the, the, the work done that I care about. But I was on my way home, and I, I talked to my aide at the time, and I said, you know, this whole concealed carry thing just doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you can open carry in Ohio. And a lot of people don't know that. You can open carry, it's, we're an open carry state, and you can open carry just about anywhere, uh, except where you're not allowed to, uh, which is a relatively small number of spots. But uh, if you're open carrying in the, in the spring, uh, open carrying in the summer, and you get to the fall and it gets a little cold and you put on your coat, all of a sudden, putting on that coat m makes you a felon. So it just doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, the Second Amendment says what it says. Uh, the, 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 the Fourth Amendment in our Ohio Bill of, uh, uh, Bill of Rights says what it says. Uh, it says nothing about how much training you need, how much you need to do other things. Training is a wonderful thing in a free market society. If you want training, get it. I highly recommend it. But you don't have to have training. And then you might wonder about well, why are we uh, making it so that uh, uh, you don't have to reveal the fact uh, that you, you, you have a firearm? Well, right now under uh, concealed carry law, uh, you, you, do, you do have to do that. But if we pass this bill and it goes into law, there could be other people in the vehicle uh, that aren't concealed carry license holders. And so it just doesn't make, doesn't make any sense to, to have somebody have to and somebody not have to. And so... Uh, you know, a law enforcement officer already very prudently assumes that people in a vehicle are armed because non-law-abiding citizens are the ones they have to worry about. They don't pay any attention to any of the stuff we're talking about. Ohio citizens are largely law-abiding, uh, and 
uh, I'd say the, the, the overwhelming preponderance are, and the, they're the friends of police officers. And uh, this bill would simply make it so that uh, you don't have to uh, get a concealed carry license uh, to carry if it's under your coat. Thank you very much, Vice Chair. Are there any questions? Yes. Senator Thomas. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Senator, uh, for your testimony. <clears throat> I guess my first question, obviously, being a former law enforcement officer uh, who has made numerous traffic stops. So my question is, did you consult law enforcement when you decided to come up with this idea? No, sir. Are you concerned about their concerns regarding this legislation? Absolutely, but I would point out that 20 other states have what's called constitutional carry, which is essentially the same thing, including two contiguous states, West Virginia and Kentucky, and we have not had blood in the streets. We still have law and order. Uh, law enforcement still conducts things the way they always have, and uh, it frankly just hasn't turned out to be a big deal at all. I understand. I'm sorry, Mr. Chairman. I understand what you're saying, but I'm not concerned about going on Kentucky and West Virginia, wherever, Ohio. And in 18 Um, other states. Let me ask you this. Um, The the Attorney General's office, when it comes to uh, uh, permits and the denial of those permits, the average amount of denials, if you you want to put it in a a yearly denial, is about – one and a half percent of the individuals that apply for a permit uh, that are denied. Any thoughts on why you feel this is a problem? And you know this, that that current law is a problem when it comes to denial because what they do is they check the individual and then they they they, they for whatever reason deny them. Uh, Chairman to, to Senator Thomas, again yes, I would point out that you can already open carry in the state. You don't have to get a license. You don't have to do anything. We're an open carry state. And so the difference between open carry and concealed carry is just whether you can see the weapon or not. Mr. Chairman, follow up. All right, one more. Well, I'll reserve and I will give the other senators an opportunity and I'll come back. All right, uh, Senator Hackett. And I totally understand the bill. You know, when I talk to law enforcement about the bill, I think their concern is the, I think, what is it, eight hours of training for concealed carry and that they like to see some type of training. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that, you know, especially somebody goes into schools or something, we don't want teachers to be using the guns for the first time, you know, mm-hmm. probably shoot the wrong people. So how do you handle the issue of that concealed carry probably will go go away if this bill is passed? Uh, Senator, uh, uh, Hoagland uh, to Senator Hackett. Uh, those are interesting points, uh, but n- no, uh, you know, if, if you want to travel outside the state of Ohio, we have very well established reciprocity agreements with people, uh, you know, all around the, the, the country. Uh, for instance, if you want to go down to Florida, uh, we have reciprocity that get you all the way down there. As long as you don't wander into Maryland, uh, you'll, you'll be just fine. Uh, Virginia, if you go down the, the East Coast, and a lot of Ohioans go, go down there. And so in your RV or in your car, it's just perfectly acceptable. Uh, and as far as training goes, again, um, when we look at concealed carry and how it was passed, uh, it was a mess. 
It was an absolute mess. We were very fortunate to get it done. Uh, but at that time, they said, you know, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. And training came up. Nowhere in the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution does it say you have to have training to defend yourself uh, or to carry a, to, to, to bear arms. Nowhere in the Ohio Constitution does it say that. And in fact, in the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, that would be an infringement. Uh, so if you, if you err on the side of safety and want people to get training, that is wonderful. And we have a lot of people in the Second Amendment community that, frankly, now make a lot of money doing that, uh, gun clubs and, and various instructors and things like that. Training is wonderful. But in America, you get to choose whether you want your training or not. If you want a concealed carry license, you still have to do it. Nothing changes with that. Well, Thank you. Senator Thomas. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I want to go. Uh, and the, the, the whole issue regarding uh, uh, the uh, requirement for the for the prosecutors. For, did, for who? Please? For the prosecutors. Oh. Have you uh, did did you did you talk to the bar association? Well, listen, that's one of the groups that has opposed everything I've ever done with Second Amendment legislation. Uh, so I assume they're going to be against this four square. Well, Mr. Chairman, thank you. And including burden shift, uh, for goodness sakes. You know, the three th I mentioned those three things because they're very common sense and, uh, and protect Ohio citizens and, and, and our rights to, to keep and bear arms. And they opposed each and every one of those things and said it would be a, basically a disaster if we passed any of them. Okay. Mr. Chairman, follow-up? Okay. Under, under, under the rules, uh, of, 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 in, a, in a civil case filed against a, a person due to their use of force, the accused has a right to a pretrial immunity hearing unless the accuser, accuser provides substantial <clears throat> evidence that the accused did not use the force in self-defense, defense of another or defense of that person. I read that to ask you this question. Why are pretrial motions, uh, motions to dismiss, motion, motions to dismiss, uh, motions for summary judgment, why aren't these uh, that, that are currently in the rules of civil procedure not adequate? Uh, Chairman Hoagland, uh, Senator Thomas, thank you for that question. Um, you know, God forbid, Senator Thomas, if you were a concealed carry holder, you had to defend yourself or your family. Uh, that is the worst case scenario anyone can possibly find themselves in uh, from a moral standpoint, uh, from a human standpoint. You, you don't want to take another life. And, and, and as you know, as a former police officer, uh, you fire center of mass. You don't fire to wound somebody or shoot them in the knee. If you have to defend yourself, whether you're a police officer or a private citizen, you have to shoot to kill. Uh, that's a very simple, well-established fact uh, in, uh, uh, in, in the military, in the police, and, and in people that have to defend themselves. If that happens, uh, that's a tragedy, an absolute tragedy. Uh, if uh, the prosecutors and the police uh, find that you acted in self-defense and don't charge you, well, now you're not off the hook because the family can come along and sue you civilly. Most people don't have a stable of lawyers to defend themselves. Most people can't afford to go through that kind of process. So now you've gone through the tragedy of defending yourself or a loved one uh, or your residence, 
And now you got to go through the tragedy of this, which can actually, actually ruin your life. And so if you did act in self-defense, what this does is afford you the possibility of a pretrial immunity hearing. And if in that hearing they decide that you did act in self-defense, then your life's not going to be ruined subsequently. Hopefully. Thank you. All right, thank you. Oh, there, yes, uh, Senator Fetter. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And um, Senator, under this bill, is a person required to tell police officer that they are in possession of a firearm if asked by law enforcement? Uh, Senator Hoagland, Senator Fetter, uh, I think if a police officer asks a law-abiding citizen a question, they'll answer it appropriately. Interesting. We'll listen to some testimony in the future, I'm sure, on that one. Are you, can I follow up? <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that, I had to follow up with that last All comment. right, Senator Thomas. You, you, are, you are assuming that an individual just out of the, the good law-abiding citizen is going to tell the officer, yes, I got a gun, if he asks. How is the officer going to know? if that individual is a law-abiding citizen or not? Senator Hoagland, Senator Thomas, uh, you don't. Uh, criminals don't tell the truth. They, they do things that they're not supposed to do. They have guns they're not allowed to have, and they do bad things with them. So you can't trust that. Uh, so what a, what a prudent law, uh, law enforcement officer needs to do is, in fact, what they already do, is assume people in the car are armed so that they can take appropriate measures. But, Mr. Chairman, but wouldn't it, wouldn't it, this is hold the last, hold last question. Last question? Last question. All right, last question. But wouldn't it be more prudent for the legislators simply because we're putting the burden on, on the good citizens and we know that uh, this is not utopia world we live in, there are a whole lot of bad citizens. Wouldn't it make sense for the legislators to say, if you have a gun on you, you're required to let that officer know. And the reason that's important is simply because when an officer stops an individual, especially if it's two officers, one is on the right side, one is on the left side. Yes, sir. The driver, officer, talking to the driver, the officer on the other side is watching this individual. And the moment he sees the gun, it's going to be gun. Hmm. Now, at that point, anything could happen because the individual might turn quickly and the officer's going to shoot him. It's just that simple. So, My point is, is that wouldn't it make sense for the citizen, a good citizen, if I'm a good guy with a gun, officer, I have a firearm, I have a permit, da-da-da-da-da. Wouldn't that make more sense? Uh, Senator Hoagland, Senator Thomas, I certainly think it makes sense to be truthful to a law enforcement officer. And I would be. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much for your testimony. Um, are there any other questions? Seeing none, that concludes the first hearing for amended Senate sub bill or Senate Bill 215. That's all for this episode of Keep and Bear Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, I urge you to subscribe. And please subscribe to the Buckeye Firearms Association newsletter at buckeyefirearms.org. If you'd like to become a member and support the work of BFA, go to joinbfa.org. Use the discount code PODCAST to get $10 off your membership. That's joinbfa.org. 
We'll see you next time on Keep and Bear Radio.